Hello, fellow replicants, and welcome to episode 266 of the Nurse Travaganza podcast, where we never run because we're programmed not to. I'm Constant Tom, and I'm joined this week by Blade Runner Brian and Kay, also known as Cam. What's up, guys? Same old. And spoiler alert, if those references were not enough to clue you into the topic tonight, we are going to be talking about Blade Runner, particularly the new movie, but as well how it sort of ties into the first movie. So if you have not seen either of those movies and you don't want spoilers, go ahead and put us on pause, go watch the movies, come back. We will be here waiting for you. More than happy to share our opinions at a later time. Anyway, that warning out of the way, and speaking of a later time, let's take you back in time. Wow, guys, I really do torture these, don't I? But I feel like it's our trademark almost at this point. Well, it's clearly working so well for us. <laughs> True. Anyway, that tortured uh, time-based segue, now having been launched, let's launch back in time. And let you know what has been going on in our geeky lives with our weekly, geekly, geekly, weekly update. And Cam, why don't you go first? All right, let's see. I did a lot. Um, I uh, I finished Fallout 4. Whoa. So that's good. Uh, that was pretty fun. Um, actually, like, you know, did the old save method and did a couple alternate endings, you know to see what was going on. It's pretty cool. I, I enjoyed it. I'm, I mean, it was a little uh, anticlimactic, not because I knew it was going to happen, just because it's been, you know, the game's been out for whatever, a year and a half, two years now, you know, but that was, that was okay. Had a good time. You know, actually, it's funny. I have not been board gaming as much as I'd like. I didn't make it to the adventure game store this past Thursday. I was pretty upset about that. wasn't feeling well, huh. uh, but I will definitely be back there this week. And then, uh, yeah, I I, uh, I spent the weekend um, working mainly, so kind of boring. Kind of a boring update for me this week. Working on the weekend? What's going on, man? Yeah, no, I, I'm just I'm getting ready. I'm, I'm going to be out of town in two weeks for Essen out in Germany. Ah. Uh, nice board game, you know, big board game convention. So I can't complain too much. I mean, going out there for free, so that, that, that'll be awesome. Nice. Not for free, but I'll be there working. But, you know, trip to Germany and Essen, that's, that, that's never bad. And then... Uh, We've got PAX Unplugged coming up uh, in uh, in November, which I'm preparing for as well. So it's just been uh, a lot of work. Oh, so it's work. It's work related to your role with Yellow Games. Yeah, that's cool. That that totally fits into our uh, our theme here. I would say. Yep. <laughs> what about you, Brian? What have you been up to? Uh the biggest thing that I have done, I have not watched the uh, eight trailer. Ah. And uh, that is by decision and honestly a really difficult thing to maintain. Everybody's going apeshit about it. Yeah, I've noticed that popping up on my Facebook feed like nonstop and I am also avoiding it. So it's it's made things difficult. Not through any malice, but just, you know, in self-defense. I've had to unfollow like people and pages on Facebook like uh is it geek.com or whatever they won't shut the fuck up oh. about it so i mean i'll refollow them in january <laughs> i guess yeah i think this star wars thing's a hit uh how about you cam have you been avoiding it i you usually do yeah oh yeah oh yeah i i, I didn't 
I was even watching. Uh, I had football on, and I and I, I like it was like halftime, and they were like about to show the new trailer, and I was like, no, oh, just turned it off. Nice. Yeah, I kind of want to be completely surprised when I go in. Um, I think I did a. Did we all do a good job of that with uh, episode seven? Or I read a lot about seven, but there were there were so many like intentionally misleading, you know, spoilers and and even the actual trailer four seven was like i mean it had shit that wasn't in the movie and things like that so yeah because it did edits after it had been released so certain things like got omitted right i mean yes but i also think that was just intentional misdirection okay doesn't jj love that shit i think so his big wasn't his big claim to fame that lost show or something so i can't believe i say that like it's like this niche thing i never watched lost but oh man you definitely should you should binge it everybody says that like now it's now i'm like stubborn about it like no i don't want to watch it yeah that's how i am with walking dead oh you should watch that man (laughs) (laughs) no brian was that an ah you're not a walking dead guy yeah walking dead really lost me like really lost me. but it's zombies and and stuff it's not zombies people who are the problem right the zombies are just kind of an elemental problem in the background That's like watching a television series about a bad rain. Like, <laughs> everybody's going to stand around and bitch, and oh, we might have to do something because it's storming out. <laughs> and by the way, let's cause our, let's cause more problems by fighting with each other. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's accurate. <laughs> Anything else, Brian? Uh yeah, I guess for 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 science i uh i'll mention this i i finally broke down and took my own advice i have put together a uh, a, a raspberry pi oh. and a uh i think it's called recall box um emulator and i've just been playing all these old games that like n- number 1 i you could not find now if you wanted to but number 2 it, it it amazes me that today I can have like an absolutely arcade perfect port of these games that like made me crap my pants when I was when I was younger. Like I I never thought would bring Neo Geo perfect games home. That's pretty cool. So are are you getting that kind of thrill? You think the the kid you might have gotten? Yeah, I really it, it it's. 100% my nostalgia because the games suck. <laughs> yeah, like, right. I mean there were two buttons and there was not a whole lot of story to anything. Like they they do not hold up, but you're just going through the list and you're like, "Oh my god, I remember this. Oh my god, I remember this." Dude, I played the real arcade or uh what's it called? The the real Ghostbusters arcade game. What? Which never ever came home. It was a four player like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And it was based on the real Ghostbusters with that like with the actual like Ghostbusters we know, not the monkey kind of show. Right. No, that was that was like I, I, Ghostbusters Extreme or something like that. I can't I can't remember what they. Yeah, but they they were like Ghostbusters, and then the other guys came out with like the real Ghostbusters. So this is like cartoon Egon and Wow Ray. I never and played the game that. was awesome. The game was awesome because you have a gun in one hand and you shoot monsters and they die. And then you catch them with your uh, with your proton pack. In your other hand, <laughs> you catch the ghost. That sounds awesome. It's killer. 
It's so much fun. Sadly, I have never. I didn't even know that was an arcade game. I don't think I've ever played that. Dude, so many games that I I had just completely forgotten about. I I think it's called Sea Wolf. It was like the very first game I ever played. You actually in the arcade stood on a little pedestal and put your head in in the little like periscope and you could move the periscope back and forth and press the button to launch torpedoes. And all all you were supposed to do is sink ships. And it it was amazing, but it is so bad. How do they accomplish that uh, without the the projection screen or whatever they, they did in the arcade? It's it's upside down. Everything's upside oh. down and backwards. <laughs> so you're supposed to provide your own projection. It's the software as the software was. Wow. Which also is really fun because let's just say you go to play like Fighting Street or something like that. It goes through all the ROM checks and you get that little like you know hash screen before, which I love. They should just include that in in ports just for fun. Oh, like all the original like loading and boot up and weird things that they, would happen. Yeah, like sound check okay, ROM check okay, rim check okay, damn check okay. Like that's cool. <laughs> awesome. So uh, all this, and uh, you didn't pick up a Super NES Mini. Ah, uh, I mean, I did not, but I, I still may. Like, if they're ever available first party, I I would like to have one of those, just for the aesthetics and the legitimacy. Sounds like the pie's more uh, more bang for your buck, though. A, a lot more and th- the thing that like it's something you take advantage or something you take for granted before you actually see it in your in your hand first off the entire box the raspberry pi is is probably the size of two of my phones like on top of each other oh wow so it's tiny totally fits in the palm of your hand like literally and secondly like the raspberry pi is just hardware so if you want like, I don't know, whatever other application, all you do is take the micro SD card out and, and put in another one. Oh, really? So instead of, instead of a, uh, a game emulator, it could work in some other role? Oh, that's cool. You're like, oh, that's cool. It uses a micro SD card as a solid state hard drive. That's the tiny one, right? The micro? Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty, that's awesome. That's amazing to me. Just seeing this little tiny thing, like, I mean, like a fingernail. Like, really, really a fingernail. And that drives the entire machine. I cannot believe where we've come. Micro, what, microization? Micronization? I, 32 gigs. It was twelve ninety nine. Wow. That's it? <laughs> yeah, dude. They're they're so cheap. The, the card, you're saying, not the pie itself. Yeah, no, well, the pie is only $35. Oh, that's pretty cheap. Wow. That's cheap, too. Yeah, I agree. I don't know. I might be in. This sounds like another gadget uh, obsession I need in my life. <laughs> As like a tinkerer, I, I can't imagine. Like, dude, I'm going to have like fucking 10 Raspberry Pis in my house soon. Like, I, I've actually been thinking <laughs> about, I'm going to get like a decent sized TV, you know, not like 60 inches or anything like that. I want to get like a 35, 32 inch TV and just hook my Raspberry Pi right up to it and just create like a portal into space on my wall. That's badass. <laughs> and you can probably you can probably even make it steerable like oh i want to go to this planet now and like see your you know starship move towards it or change the the hyperspace as you're going through I, I, I can't imagine all the cool shit you could do with it man i like i like this enthusiasm brian this sounds cool and it doesn't involve like leather working or something inaccessible to me so i, I may have to join you in this 
totally serious. <laughs> latest, the, the Raspberry Pi, I think it's called 3B. It's the latest one. Has built-in Wi-Fi, built-in uh, Bluetooth. The The machine itself is $35. Get a good power cord. Get, like, whatever case you want and a memory card and, and the memory card i mean i have i think six thousand games on it so you know you can get like a four gigabyte memory card probably for like three bucks if you Damn. really want to go cheap all right i'm in <laughs> count me in awesome sounds like a great update anything else then uh no no what about you man what have you been up to uh, a little bit of this and that a little tinkering i um I have the Philips Hue lights. I think I've mentioned these on a few episodes, but one of the Philips Hue lights I have, and these are the Wi-Fi controlled lights that you can then control through your voice assistant and so on. Uh, one of them is a strip, a light strip. And the living room here in this house we're in has like this kind of cove, like I don't know, like kind of cove molding around it. And I thought, wouldn't it be cool to have like a light strip going all around that that would you know, cast up onto like the kind of curved ceiling? So that's been a project of mine. And you would think it's, oh, it's pretty simple. You buy the strip, blah, blah, blah. Well, getting around the corners is a pain because the stuff doesn't bend quite so readily. And I bought these channels off Amazon that I then had to like cut into, you know, 45 so they can make it around the corners. But getting the channel, the, the light strips through there has been a challenge. So of course, Amazon to the rescue again, I found this guy who produces like these little connectors that'll let you get around corners and you can like cut a strip and then you know, at a certain cut point where like there's some leads and then you could like snap this thing on, get around the corner. Of course it hasn't worked as advertised. <laughs> um, things are like flipped around from the way they are, the diagram and so on. So I've been having a hell of a time getting this going and all I want is lights in my, my living room. I, I should just buy a bulb, right? Like be done with it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, anyway, so doing that, I, I almost, I had a soldering iron and I almost use it in anger, but I, I should be able to, I'm going to take another stab at this no soldering solution uh, before I get in there and start burning myself with a soldering iron. That's that's the nuclear option if this doesn't work out. <laughs> so let's see. Uh, oh, that and my Phillips, my original Phillips Hue strip burnt out. Thankfully, I got that Best Buy protection plan on it. So I was able to stri- uh, get that back. But that happened like randomly just as I was starting this initiative. So that was irritating. Uh, however, while I was at Best Buy, I bought another gadget. I got a Roku uh, streaming stick. Oh, nice. So we haven't... Yeah, you're familiar? Yeah. So we have like an older TV in the bedroom and uh, we have some resource contention in the house where I'm trying to monopolize the TV to play a a game and my companion wants to watch something on streaming. So this is the compromise. We plug that thing back into this... We plug this thing via the HDMI hdmi port into this uh, older tv we have in the bedroom and suddenly a wealth of entertainment is available and uh it's actually really cool like you could basically smartify just about any tv with this thing and uh the streaming quality is good it's got pretty much any streaming app you want and that has been pretty enjoyable which brings me to sort of the last part of my update i have of course been doing some streaming watching some things brian i cannot Thank you enough for your recommendation of the Orville. I have just enjoyed that show thoroughly. My companion has noted that it is very much like Star Trek like. And I was like, well, yeah, it's like a send up of Star Trek. 
But then I had to catch myself because it's not really a send up. Like he, he basically created his own version of Star Trek uh, with an, with an occasional joke here and there thrown in probably per contract, but on balance, like the episodes are good. The stories are good. I, the, the effects are great. I, it makes me not miss the like paywalled Star Trek that I cannot watch. I, I don't know. Maybe because I have such low expectations. I'm, I've been surprised a lot lately. I'm, I'm actually really enjoying that. And I think I told you guys it was, it was like way in the hole, when I started just because of the difficulties I had, like Irma hit the, during the first episode and my DVR didn't record NFL ran long the second episode. So I, I had like 10 minutes of the episode and I was just like, Oh great. So it, it was three weeks before I could actually watch any of it. And I, I thought it was great. Yeah. And yeah, calling it like a parody or, or a comedy isn't, isn't even really fair. It's, pretty straight up sci-fi yeah it, I, I it is it, it is a sci-fi show and, and it goes back to i think what i mentioned i i read somebody's write-up about it where they basically contracted mcfarlane either explicitly or expecting a comedy he's just like okay made a sci-fi show <laughs> it's so easy for me just just the you know the, the the mindset of the viewer it's so easy for me to think like oh i just don't like that guy like this is the real world and there's some asshole that hangs around with my friends and I'm just going to ignore him. And then the rest of the show oh, is like, awesome. So the uh, certain annoying cast members or certain characters you don't like, you just kind of pretend they're jerks. Yeah. 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 The show's, uh, and half the time, the rest of the characters roll their eyes and go along with me. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. The comedy's very much like, I would say like office comedy where a lot of it falls flat. People make stupid jokes. You know, they don't, they don't always land. And, uh, I mean, these people, these are just kind of coworkers in a, in a flying office. If you think about it anyway, great show. Kim, have you been watching it? No, I have not. Oh, you gotta, you gotta get in on it. It's like, if you have any kind of streaming setup or whatever, probably it's available via your cable on demand. Yeah. It's, it's awesome. I think they're going up to episode five, six, pretty soon. I think six you should get in on it. Maybe I'll give it a shot. Do it. If you like, uh, the new generation. I you you're almost guaranteed to. It's the next generation or the new generation. Oh no, I'm sorry. The 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 next generation, like Star Trek TNG. Gotcha. The new generation is a show that you can only get on the premium. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> CBS uh, streaming is it CBS? Yeah. Uh, anyway, yeah. So I've been watching the Orville. That show is great. Uh, I also forgot to mention this on my last update, but it was so cool. I want to mention it. So this is a blast from the past but i was kind of grasping uh to try to remember this one last time but i went and saw a play with my companion uh now uh, a couple weeks back oh. i am now a refined uh, urban man who goes to plays uh, <laughs> it's called uh, the internet is serious business which is of course a meme we have all heard and with the spelled t-e-h naturally and it's really cool. It does a good job of sort of painting kind of the evolution of internet and meme culture, and then sort of chronicles the rise and fall of Lulsec. Do you remember them? That hacking group that got busted several years back after taking down all kinds of entities. As much as yeah, I remember so. any hacking group. <laughs> yeah. Who, who was the one that screwed with us? They, they indirectly messed us up by taking down our host or something was that squad or something like that yeah lizard lick or something yeah (laughs) 
Anyway, this was put on by the Washington Ensemble Theater uh, in Seattle. And I don't know if it's like not something that tours nationally that they that they put on here. I think this might be an original production by them. So anyway, pretty good. If it, if it makes it to a city near you, you should check it out. And uh, oh yeah, apart from that, guess what I've been playing more of? Final Fantasy 15. <laughs> My guys are approaching level 70. I still have not uh, embarked to the second continent. And I found a dungeon, Brian, that would have driven you mad at this optional tower. And you have to go through random paths and only one of them is the right path. So when you choose one of the wrong paths, you walk into a room and have to fight like three red giants and a Naga and all these other creatures that are just like insanely tough. It was so bad that after, after going through it a a number of times, I had racked up a huge amount of experience. I didn't want to lose it. So I just bailed out and went and kept, you know, collected my rewards and I'm leveling up so I can go back in because I think there's one of those special weapons that you never ever actually need to use. (laughs) <laughs> that I probably don't actually need to use the whole time I've been doing this. Like I was getting frustrated and I was laughing, imagining like how just like, like livid you would be by like the fourth go through this stupid tower. <laughs> I'm trying to let you enjoy that game, but that much effort for like a weapon that makes no difference in combat really just blows my freaking mind. <laughs> like, you know, the next hot dog you- cart you walk across will have a, an upgrade. <laughs> possible <laughs> it's possible also listener literally the hot dog carts sell weapons <laughs> they sell hot dog lances <laughs> yeah anyway <laughs> speaking of upgrades apart from that i also got a nice little uh racket going now where i go visit sid and there's a garden and there's a guy who buys carrots you grow in the garden so you sell the guy the carrots he gives you a weapon it's a it's a weapon that's upgradable by sid so I walk over to the lighthouse, I hand it into Sid, and then uh, go do a quest, come back. And basically, I got this nice little thing going on where I'm getting a lot of nice weapons, which probably will be surpassed by heart, hot dog cart offerings pretty soon. But <laughs> I'm having fun. I'm just really having fun with the grind in that game. And for me to say that is very unusual indeed. And uh, that's it. That's That's been our grind my grind and, and your grinds uh, these past uh, what couple weeks, I think, since we did our last episode. So that concludes the weekly geekly geekly weekly update. And that must mean it is time for news and world events beyond our limited sphere. That must mean it is time for the news stravaganza. Right. Yeah. So speaking of uh, Final Fantasy in Japan and all that good stuff, uh, there's a man in Tokyo that was arrested for trying to use black magic to lure kids to their death. <laughs> what? Yeah. So this guy is like the quintessential, hey, get off my lawn, old guy. And uh, he's really pissed at kids just being kids and having fun in and around Tokyo, especially around his house. So he put a spell or he tried to put a spell on a bunch of kids that would walk near his school and cross a bridge along the on their way to school. Um, so basically, he left a voodoo doll, like a straw wrapped. Um, they call them war waraningios, but I mean voodoo dolls, basically, mm. uh, with a note on it that said, "All of you fucking brats, jump from here and die." <laughs> Whoa. Yeah, uh, and he actually isn't even that old. He's forty-one years old, and uh, so he lives right by the school, and he's just tired of these kids. Just I guess 
disturbing his Zen garden or serenity or whatever. And so he took to the black arts to try to do away with them. Um, the police didn't take too kindly to it. They figured out it was him that was doing it and they put him in the slammer. So geez, he's, uh, he's going to be the one probably that's turned into the voodoo doll. I would think doesn't like kids. Uh, I don't know. I don't know how Japanese, I don't know how Japanese jails are, but they've got to be pretty similar. They're probably, probably nicer than our jails, honestly. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, speaking of voodoo and black magic, um, California is very close to passing a law that will allow self-driving cars to operate without a driver. Nice. They expect that by the beginning of 2018, uh, early to mid-2018, self-driving cars will be able to drive without an operator. I like it. I'm in. I'm moving to Cali. Let's do it. Yeah. So get ready for that. There's like basically I think they're uh, on the federal level, I guess, they've the Self-Drive Act has been approved, which allows automakers to deploy 25,000 self-driving cars in the first year. And that rises to over 100,000 in, in, in a year or two after that. So it's a li- it's by numbers, I guess. Uh, well, that no, there, there's the there's the state. You know the state laws, and then there's a federal oh. law. That federal law is, is the one that has to do with the the, the uh, just the, the specific numbers. Gotcha. So look for safe self-driving cars. I'm a fan, but even if you're not a fan, I think you have to admit they they can't do any worse. Yeah, probably not. It's pretty bad out there. <laughs> than than human drivers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They're pretty bad. People suck. People suck behind the wheel, as we can all attest. You th- you think these are going to be widely adopted? I mean, you think people are going to, you know, be into these? Or are they going to have to be kind of, kind of uh, coerced? Mm, I I think it's going to be huge. Yeah, I think it's going to be the be the norm in twenty thirty years. I mean, people in in most cities are going to see it in taxis and Ubers first. And yeah. they're probably going to just love it when they first see it. And I think you and I were talking about this. Other people are going to see it at like Disney. Yeah. Yeah. And be like, this is awesome. But think about when you were a kid and you went to Epcot and you saw this awesome sci-fi, like floating hoverboard, whatever, whatever thing that you never thought would be real. And now it's just like, no, you can do that. Just it's right there. Go ahead. I mean, I was excited at Epcot when they had, like, the water that would jump from, like, one place to another. <laughs> right, right. I was shocked. Right. I, th- I, th- I thought it really was just, like, going from place to place. I couldn't fathom yeah. that. You stopped one, and it still went the other, the, other, the next one. Yeah, I – um, you, you're making a good point. So you, th- you think the gee whiz cool factor is going gonna, is gonna to win people over. I feel like there's a contingent of people out there that are just like, I'm not giving up my control to some machine. Like, I don't know why I'm making them sound like a – a redneck necessarily but absolutely but you know i mean we'll we'll use like national numbers or whatever like if 25 percent of the people are idiots still 75 percent progress i mean (laughs) true true i mean shit 32 percent are idiots 68 percent progress that's great that's amazing i think ultimately the insurance companies will uh use the power of the pocketbook to compel people just that's my once it's statistically proven the potential of it is so hugely convenient for me i i can't imagine it even need to come to that yeah well we'll see 
I'm, I am looking forward to it. It's a, it's an area that excites me. Man, cross your fingers. Speaking of new and crazy gadgets and tech, the Oculus craze, VR craze, just keeps moving on. The Oculus Go has been announced to be distributed early next year, um, and its price point is going to be one ninety nine. Wow! Making it even more easy and more accessible for people to get into the VR realm. It was uh, it was announced by uh, Mark Zuckerberg, Facebook CEO, and. Uh, People are really, really responding to it. Um, it's basically a low-end mobile strategy that allows you to, uh, you know, break into the market for a pretty, pretty low price point. Yeah. Oh. Walk around, uh, walk around without seeing. <laughs> yeah. It looks pretty cool. Um, uh, from what they're saying, it's it's pretty comfortable. It's pretty light. Comes with a little controller, and uh, it does pretty much what most of the current VR tech does. Is this a thing you're going to like the, the gear VR where you pop your phone into it or something, or is this like got its own hardware? No, you don't. I don't think you pop your phone into it. I think it's like the, it's the gear VR. It's like gear VR light. It's oh, like Oculus. Okay. Okay. So it's, uh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's Oculus go instead of what was the other one? Oculus rift. Oculus rift, which is the, the desktop setup. If they can get this stuff to with minimal wires and, and, you know, not weighing five pounds on your head. Well, it's not that heavy, but I, I think that's another thing that might get adopted. Yeah, it says it appears the mobile headset will be similar uh, similar experience to the Gear VR, allowing users to spin around but not move freely. Mm, okay, I could deal. Uh, Zuckerberg called it hands down the easiest way for developers to get involved with VR. Lightweight, feels incredibly soft to wear. It will sport lenses that have the same wild field of view as the Rift, and will sport a small controller similar to one that ships with the Gear VR. That's a really cheap buy-in too. You guys think VR still has uh, momentum or has it kind of stalled out or, is, or are we waiting for the second and third generation before people really get into it? I, I don't perceive any momentum. I, I mean, I don't know anybody who has it, wants it, even talks about it except for us. Yeah, we're, and we're nerds, so <laughs> we're not the norm. No, but we're like super nerds. I mean, seriously. I mean, I may, for one ninety nine, I might pull the trigger, but like... yeah. That I st- I still think it's a dead technology. Like I mean, uh, VR is great if you can integrate it into like just something that I don't like. Now my laptop is VR. I don't have to like wear anything or do anything crazy. You know what I'm saying? I just I, I just can't see myself putting on those stupid goggles, and <laughs> bumping around. You know, like if the goggles were so simple that it was like, you know, you know, you know those old people glasses where you can flip up and down the sunglass part. No, I still wouldn't because I don't even wear regular glasses. I I think it would be like, it would get to it would need to get to the point where we're just like body mods. You know what I mean? Oh, like you're in a holodeck or something? No, like I just go in for like and I get LASIK and my eyes are 100 percent perfect, but I also have upgraded like v- <laughs> VR tech in them. Okay, so you just don't like having the thing on your face? Yeah, I just, I just don't want to be bothered. Like I, I don't, you know, <laughs> it's, it's already annoying. Like listen, listen, I, I'm already annoyed when I have to open up my laptop these days, <laughs> like I'm annoyed if I can't do, so I'm annoyed if I can't do something on my phone. Uh, you know what I mean? God, you're the worst. And like, I'm, I'm li- I know I'm literally on my couch with my laptop, like five feet from me. And I'm like, no, I can just do it on my phone. And when I can't do it on my phone, I'm like, ugh, I gotta get my laptop open. I gotta wait 15 <laughs> seconds for it to t- turn on. You're like, like the worst consumer cam or the most demanding. I am, I am super demanding and I'm super just, you know, like, I don't know, man. I, I They've conditioned us to be that way, though. If I'm going to pay thousands of dollars on a product, I want it to be spectacular. 
uh, you're like a focus group. You're like a focus group nightmare. You're like the, <laughs> uh, so you, you dropping a grand on the new uh, iPhone or what? Is that, is that, does that not um, please you? I hadn't planned on it. I hadn't planned on it, but my, uh, my battery has been really like crappy lately on my seven. You plus. hadn't planned on it, but Apple yeah, sure they did. Actually, yeah, uh, exactly. Let's, let's see here. Let's, let's customize cams battery drain to coincide with the new launch. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It does not is not lost on me the fact that all of a sudden my battery just decides to stop now, right? Just as soon as I got my phone paid off, you know, and also what I think is that they keep pushing me to do the new iOS update, mm, which will slow your phone like down. I feel like no, I feel like that's pushing me too. It's like they're intentionally draining my battery, and then until I do the update. Oh, did, yeah. Does that make your battery better typically in a software update? Um, I think that, I mean, I've seen, I mean, it might be anecdotal, but I've definitely seen posts and shit on the internet where it's like, yeah, my battery was shitty and then uh, they kept prompting me to do the upgrade and then I did and now it's fine. Miraculously. Hmm. We'll see, Cam. I'm, uh, I'm not sure if you're going to like having recognized Apple's, uh, manipulative ways if you're going to resist or if you're just going to give in and get that nice nice new phone a thousand bucks spread over like two years it's not that much right yeah i mean that's i guess that's the that's that's the, that's the equation i do every <laughs> i mean if you're unhappy with your current hardware sure it's not like outrageously expensive but i i don't know man i i don't i don't like this gosh it suddenly stopped working that's uh, the thing is i'm in the same boat like i'm i've been fine with my phones and then like Suddenly, like the past like couple months, they've just been both been taking dumps. Like they've been slow, <laughs> like clunky. Like, and I'm like, what happened here? Hmm. Gosh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't like being manipulated like this. It's like it's almost like we're being like controlled, like puppets. It's not almost. Cam, <laughs> uh, I interrupted the news. Is there any more to report? Yeah. No. No. That, that's. I think that's it. All right. Okay, that concludes then our news stravaganza and brings us to, speaking of control, that was kind of my awkward way of segueing, tonight's main topic, which is, of course, Blade Runner. And I think probably the new movie, 2049, will occupy most of the discussion but we'll see where it goes uh i rewatched the original and i i think i think we were all gonna rewatch the original then go see the new one or maybe if we remembered the original <laughs> seeing it was optional but we can uh discuss both i think the first thing we should do is compare notes on which original we watched oh good point brian actually yeah uh so Cam, did you rewatch the original before this, or did you just kind of know it by heart? I mean, I've seen it enough times to not have watched it, the original. Okay. Do you remember the version of it that you watched last time you watched it? Uh, the last one I saw was... Shit. No, I don't remember the last version I saw. Did it have Harrison Ford kind of unenthusiastically narrating? Yes, I believe. Okay, then that was the director's cut, and which you would think would be definitive, <laughs> which you would think would be definitive, but no. What you should have watched instead. Go ahead, Brian. Uh, is, isn't it just called the last cut? Final cut. 
final cut. Yeah, so that's what I watched. And Cam, the, the final cut is the, the one that you should watch now. I guess it basically, you could go down a list for all the nuance and, and changes, but it preserves the original, takes out that silly narration that Harrison Ford does not sound very enthused to be delivering. And um, I think it takes out that like storybook ending at the end, like we're going to live together and see how it goes, you know. But I have to say, what are your impressions of the original as far as holding up? Oh, definitely holds up for sure. You think so, Brian, as well? I I will I will agree that it holds up as well as it ever was, but I mean it it certainly has some flaws. Uh what would those be in your in your view? <laughs> like the first hour and a half. <laughs> what too boring or it's it's a little aimless like Yeah, he's he is investigating and stuff, but the the progression seems a little bit herky-jerky i guess or circuitous or something like that you know i I could see where you could come away feeling that yeah and you got to sort of ignore a lot of the uh i guess just aged out things you know what i mean there's certain things that just like were already in the future and those things didn't happen or haven't happened you know know what i'm saying like some of just sort of the background stuff yeah because it was set like 19 wasn't it yeah yeah I mean, it's like next year, basically. <laughs> so, yeah, so you gotta like sort of like ignore a lot of like, like I think Pan Am is in there, like you know, what I mean? like, yeah, just, just stuff. Like well, that. so we're definitely like the new one, twenty forty nine, definitely cemented that we're in an alternate reality because there was a Pan Am, a Pan Am uh, ad in that movie yeah, too. Yeah. So, yeah, you do have to, you have to either just accept that <laughs> that was a vision of the future from the past, or this is an alternate timeline. Um. Because, yeah, 2019, I'm not saying it's going to be great, but <laughs> I think we could do a little bit better. Uh, I'll say this. I was watching it, like, with my companion, subjecting her to both Blade Runner and the new movie. And I was like, man, the future looks so cool. She's like, it looks like a trash heap. I don't want to live there. <laughs> Speaking of my companion, I have one more funny bit about the first Blade Runner movie. We get done watching it. I'm like, well, what did you think? She's like, uh, you know, mixed feelings. She's like, I thought it was about vampires. Oh, <laughs> it was hilarious. Tom, we are you sure you're gonna go through with this? <laughs> I am. It was because that was such an innocent, like non-geeky <laughs> reply. Because she thought, you know, she thought of Blade, which she I thought Blade Runner was about vampires. And her enthusiasm for seeing 2049 waned significantly when she realized it wasn't about vampires. She think like Wesley Snipes was going to jump out or like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She thought like, yeah, it was going to be Wesley Snipes uh, as Blade killing vampires. Yeah. But anyway, um, the movie overall was pretty good. I definitely see where from the movie people come away with that ambiguity that I don't think was there so much in the book. Well, it was, but you had to look for it a little more about Deckard being um, a replicant or not. Yeah, I, I, it, it, it's practically non-existent in the book. Like, right? You have to really—it's there in the book, but you have to kind of reach for it a little more. Whereas in in the movie, they definitely leave you wondering. And so I've heard some criticism that in twenty forty nine, the whole like mystery about Deckard being a. a replicate or not is like just shit all over i've heard i've heard those words used shit all over 
I submit that it is still unclear as to whether or not he's a replicant. He could be some long-lived version still. They do not necessarily definitively say that he is not. Yeah, I I agree. I, I've kind of read like, oh, the movie sucks because... And I agree with you. I don't think he is, but I agree with you that this movie does not refute that. Yep. Like, I, I don't think this is any more clear than the original was. Well, but I mean, then they came out, they come out and very clearly say that K is one. It's almost like we're, we're just going to sort of like ignore well, Deckard and then we're going to tell you in the first scene that, De- that K is one. Yeah, well, I think because they didn't want like to retread that ground. You know what I mean? And have people focusing so hard on that, Cam, maybe. All right, all right. I'll, I'll, I'll th- Cam, you you segued me perfectly, so I'll bring it up now. I was going to save it, but I believe for this movie to to explore what it wanted to explore, that you had to know beyond a shadow of a doubt that he was a fake man. Okay. Because. And, and and I'll assume for you, but correct me if I'm wrong, you accepted him completely, immediately. You're like, all right, he's fake. He's not one of us, but he's just as good as us. Interesting. I'm not done. <laughs> and then the real philosophical debate of the movie took place. A real fake, let's call it human, let's call it man, loving a fake, fake woman meaning the union of deckard and rachel meaning joy oh oh i'm sorry i completely joy yeah and and k okay i i didn't see where you were going with that at first yeah yeah we accepted him so completely so that we could have that is a disembodied ai a real person debate exactly like we had 30 years ago with replicants so they just added another layer of non-existence right one of the things i liked about this is it answered the original movie's question in the first five minutes are replicants really humans yeah they are okay (laughs) right (laughs) and it it did a great job at least everyone i've talked to bringing the audience with it like everyone's just like yeah they're the same sure yeah it actually that was one of my objections to kind of the way where replicants are treated in the first movie. Like what is it about them? That's not human exactly. Other than the fact that they don't live very long. Racism. (laughs) Right. Right. Cam, what do you think about that? Are are replicants just full on humans really? Well, I mean, that was my, that was my whole point last episode, which is like, okay, if they're not, they're not, but then they're not robots. Are they? They're clones. Yeah, they're something completely different. They're not like that's that's where the whole story fell down for me. And the well, this one got rid of that too. Yeah, they're perfectly yeah. organic. Yeah. So then, how? Why are you? So okay. So replicant, I guess, is a good word. Um, but they're not. They're certainly not machines. But they're not human. Like they're not. They're not designated yeah. human. Still, they can't be because. Uh, the guy who is in charge of the new evil corporation that took over in the wake of the death of the previous evil corporation flat out says like, I just can't produce enough of these things to get all the work done that we need done. Implying that like they are like by default slave labor and they, they, they are to be produced in mass quantity to do all the dirty work of humanity. 
Which, by the way, is another major plot hole. I think that's the major plot hole of this freaking work, is that... I mean, come on, guy. You can't... That's that's the story. That's what's driving the story, is that you, evil mastermind Jared Leto, can't produce enough replicants. So now you got to go find and figure out and unlock the secret of replicants replicating with each other. <laughs> And growing up over eighteen years, yeah, yeah I agree with yes. that. Yes, so that, that's 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 your answer to your your big problem of not being able to make replicants faster, not building another factory, or you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I guess it is because they they don't actually get into what resources or time is involved in creating a replicant, do they? Like, they don't. And and not only that, but the very first scene, he just hatches one and then kills it right away. Yeah, because the womb doesn't work. <laughs> so he's mad about that. Yeah. All right. Well, you can't make enough and you get pissed off and just kill him. I mean, maybe if you wouldn't kill him every two seconds. So it's an interesting concept you bring up because they don't get into what the deal is with producing them. How long does it take to grow one? Right. Right. Obviously. All you see is just the one in that Ziploc bag and then. Right. I mean, if it takes several years to grow one in a vat, then if you could get them to reproduce sexually and introduce some rapid growth factor or something you know that could you could double your population in a pretty quick amount of time right yeah but then that's the other thing too then all right well then how are you how do you think you're going to control them like uh you can't even you're you're hatching them and you can't even control them cam's sitting up for all kinds of things tonight (laughs) yeah you're you're hatching them and you can't even control them and then yet you're you're just going to go let them breed and then control them get out of here so i'll (laughs) ask you now and, and I guess major spoilers ahead, but how did they control Kay? With his hologram girlfriend. And he's built to be subservient, isn't he? Well, yes, he was built to be subservient, but what was their solution like when he failed his baseline test? Uh, what were they going to do to him? Weren't they just going to kill they him? They were going to murder him. Yeah, they were going to kill his ass for... They don't control them. They just kill you if you get out of line. There it is. That... Yeah. There it is, Cammy. It's it's a population that can be killed with impunity. Therefore, the the tool of control is extermination when they when they get out. I mean, his boss was just like, "Oh, I'm sorry, we're going to murder you now." Yeah, but how's that, how's how's that different than how's that different from human history? Well, <laughs> uh, at a certain point in human history, in this timeline, it became illegal to kill somebody for not doing what you want. Same same as it is today. Does that does that stop anybody or any government? No. <laughs> well, it stops them from overtly doing it. Like straight in this world, can you straight up like imagine you were late for work? Sorry, guy. Right? Or no, no. But think, but, but think about, it, but think about it. Like how many, how many times have we seen in the news where somebody's been branded a specific criminal, or so you know, like that guy that was in Orlando a couple of years ago, or that guy that, that like died in that fire or whatever out in California or whatever. You know, the government can just say whatever they want. Oh, this guy raped two kids or he did this or blah, 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 blah. We're going to kill him. And then they just let let the cops loose and that's it. You know, that guy's not coming back alive. Yeah. We don't know. You know, we, we, we don't know if that's true or not. And that's exactly what they do here. They blame, they, they, they name these replicants as whatever undesirables. <laughs> Trump, like, you know, they know whatever. They're, they've been, they've been, you know, marginalized into this, I guess, outcast group and, you know, Sanction for termination, essentially. Well, right. But the difference being, Cam, like, at least in the present day, uh, like Al-Qaeda and, and other groups kind of excluded, 
you there's not a class of people who like if they go on strike at the factory we could just liquidate you know what i mean like and and the replicants represent that well we can in the u.s but i mean i think there's plenty of people in africa (laughs) and other parts of the country right but presumably this like future world is trying to maintain the trappings of the u.s and of like civilization yeah what do you think brian like do you think it's essential for this it's implied by jared leto's evil industrialist character that humanity cannot expand without a limitless supply of slave labor and therefore that slave labor has to not be granted its humanity or else the expansion slows down right well i i would like to i guess clarify like humanities in probably many solar systems by that point like they have expanded like a mofo they're just not expanding fast enough to him for him to make enough money for him to be happy oh is it right is it down to just his greed like he's not he's not making enough money off of his replicant uh yeah i think so i mean shit in the first movie they talked about watching spacecraft burn from other solar systems and this is 30 years after that so yeah and he talked about going to like nine different worlds or something like that introducing yes you know something as I'm thinking about the scale they're talking about now, spreading out into many, many stars would present a manpower problem. <laughs> like you would need a ton of people to just populate that kind of space. Hmm. I'll, I'll buy it. I'll, I'll suspend like a very critical mind and just buy that, uh, that notion for now. But we also have no idea what the numbers really are. For all we know, there's a, pl- a a factory on each one of those planets, and he's still just not happy. I mean, yeah. I'd like to know more about his character, and I hope that there is a sequel to this, although we can maybe get to the uh, likelihood of that in a minute, uh, because I want to know more about his character, what drives him, and more about the universe. I don't necessarily need to see Deckard back again. I feel like he can he can pass the torch just like Han did <laughs> at this point. Uh, I really would like to see more movies in this universe, though. I, I came away wanting more. I don't know about you guys. Oh, my only problem with that is I'm, I'm really starting to hate the everything has to be a universe now. Yeah, maybe universe was a bad choice of words. I'd like to see a sequel or two to this, and that's it. I, I'd kind of prefer it to just die. Because ultimately, this was still Deckard's story. I would like this to be, here's Deckard's life. That's the end. Yeah, but then what do you what do you do with the daughter and with right Deckard's love child with with Rachel the uh, replicant? I mean, we could just keep making movies forever. But <laughs> like I said, like I I don't know, man. Like not everything has to be like completely wrung out. Things can just be great stories. And I would have bet you probably a hundred dollars that they would not make a wor- a sequel worthy of the first. And I I I mean I would have lost that. And I would have lost it happily. I think this surpassed the first. So the likelihood that they're going to make a third sequel or, well, a second sequel, a third movie as good as the first, let alone the second, is getting less and less likely. (laughs) So, yeah. And and as always, I'll be the, I guess, nuts and bolts practical guy. Like the pro another huge uh, problem this movie is going to face is that even though I think I think it was spectacular, I think most people think it was pretty great. Um, even like, I think pretty universally, most of the critics liked, at least liked it, if not loved it. Um, 
it, box yeah, office it, it, it did terrible. In the, it's oh, doing terrible no. in the box office. I don't want to hear that. It, it is doing really I mean, well. you know, I really have to ask you about this because it was the number one movie in the country. How bad can that be? Well, I mean, it, it, there's it can be the number one movie, and that's great, but it, like... I think they did half of what they expected the first the first weekend. Oh. You know, like it wasn't even like, okay, well, it was a little less than we expected, 10%, 20%, but I mean, I think they did like 50% less than they wanted. And I think the sales of, you know, I think they're still lagging. Like this weekend coming up, I think will be the benchmark because a lot of times movies, they have a huge opening weekend and then they drop off a certain amount. Like there's an acceptable number of drop, you know, a, a number drop off. Um, if they do below that, it's doomed. If maybe because so many people saw it and said, no, it's actually really good. Maybe it, it performs stronger than normal and has sort of some staying power Then maybe, but, uh, it's, uh, I think it's in trouble. Shoot. And you know, they didn't do, they didn't do themselves many favors by, uh, I didn't watch any of the trailers because, you know, like we talked about earlier, I, I don't like to watch trailers, but um, apparently the trailers were very obtuse and sort of like didn't really key. It, it's like what we've, we've talked about so many times before. They didn't make this movie for the wider audience. They made this movie for fans of the genre and fans of the original mm. movie. So they sort of pigeonhole themselves into people, you know, only a certain amount of people. Like, like my dad was like, what the hell is Blade Runner? He, like, he didn't know what the <laughs> hell it is. He's, you know, um, you know, that movie came out when he was in his prime. You know what I mean? And, like, pe- people just don't know what Blade Runner is, especially the younger generation, uh, and even the older generation that really wasn't into sci-fi. And so they didn't they didn't market it as a big blockbuster movie that everyone can see, but get, tips the hat to the, uh, the, 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 the fans of the original. They marketed it towards the fans of the original, and, hey, maybe you might like it if you're just a, a normie. Hmm. I I think you might be right. By marketing too heavily to us, they've they alienated a broader potential audience. Which is great. I mean I loved it. That's so fun. I just did not feel marketed to at all. No? I, I told you guys, like I really think this is gonna be pure Hollywood. It's gonna be crap. Yeah, like... yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. You were I I <laughs> because you have received it so well, I forget that you were like a you were pretty skeptical. Maybe not marketed to, but the, the movie definitely catered to the original fan. No, but I agree with you. I, I I don't think the marketing reached the mass. Like somehow they still screwed that up. Like no, I don't think it it reached me. But yeah, you're. I mean, the evidence is clear. It didn't reach the movie going audience. From what I read, they did it to themselves because they released the the trailers are I guess were deliberately obtuse and deliberately sort of vague. And then on top of that, when they released the, the, the pre-screeners and movies to a lot of the critics, they would not let the critic, they, they basically like threatened and, and coerced the, the critics into not writing any kind of spoilers. They just had to write like vague reviews about the movie. And so if you're just a casual fan or you're just someone that's like, hey, I'm going to go to the movie this weekend. I have $12 to spend on a ticket. Am I going to see this or am I going to go see, you know, the new Jackie Chan movie or whatever, you know? They, you know, if you're looking at just a vanilla review that really doesn't get into the meat of, of the movie, you're probably going to pass on it and go see something that like doesn't look so weird. I you know? I probably would have gone to see My Little Pony 
instead of Blade Runner if it weren't for the podcast. Like I, I felt yeah. obliged to because we wanted to talk about it. Uh, funny you mentioned that. I did go see My Little Pony. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot to mention that during my update. I went to see that as my <laughs> as sort of an apology to my companion. <laughs> oh my god! Friendship is magic, truly. <laughs> anyway so yeah i don't think it's gonna do very well i mean you know it'll probably make it but i mean it had a budget of like 160 million or something and they're not even close to that i, I why the hell is everybody talking about how bad it did before they even launch it in asia it's not out in china it's not out in south korea it's not out in japan yeah but i think they have these i think they have the numbers run beforehand that like all right look we need to make 150 or 200 you know we basically we need to make our money back in the Ugh. u.s and then we're going to really make our money overseas and this and that and whatever and if they don't do that i mean if they're not even close to making their money back in the u.s then they then they're basically like shit well now we really got to scramble in these foreign markets to at least recoup our investment and, you know make a few dollars of profit there there is just no tangible for we have released a timeless work of art like they just don't care. No, it's a business. It's a business, Ugh. and it's not even just—it's not even just like oh, we made our money back, or oh, we made a few million dollars. I mean, they have to perform because remember these these studios, they have investors, they have shareholders that they you know they're expecting a certain return. It makes me and sick. So if they're not producing that return, yeah, great, you made a good movie. So what? We're you know where's that? Just like we were talking about the very beginning, like before the show, like how does it affect my bottom line? I, I don't I don't care what the product is. I don't care if you're selling My Little Pony or or. or uh, you know, the next great American novel. Uh, I I, I want to see the, you know, the report card is my bank statement. Yeah. Uh, so it is not doing well uh, as a business venture, I guess, uh, in that it's not. Okay. Because I fall into that trap of judging a movie like, well, they spent a hundred million making it. It's already made 50. That means they're halfway to making their money back, but that's not, they want that hundred million back immediately. And then some, right? Like, yes. Yes, absolutely. Well, they'd rather just make some like mindless rom com with Scarlett Johansson and generic pretty boy and make a billion dollars yes, off would. of it. <laughs> and they do. And oh. they do. What was funny is actually I was talking to my dad before the podcast and we were talking about some movies and um a lot of these a lot of these actors have gotten smart and instead of taking, you know, a guaranteed paycheck, they'll take like a small upfront fee and then just take points on the back end and just bet on themselves. And one of the most unlikely people in the world has made a ton of money, um, Cameron Diaz. Really? She took a back-end deal on a couple movies. Um, I think that Bad Teacher was one of them. and A couple of them. And they were like surprise hits. And a movie that she maybe would have been paid 4 or $5 million if they just gave her her standard fee, you know? I think she ended up netting like $80 million on that Bad, bad Teacher movie something some ridiculous number like that just because she was like you know what you guys are doing this alone next week i'm gonna blow my brains out tonight yeah, so, so, yeah, just just like ah, you know what i'll i'll take i'll take a chance i'll take a flyer because really what does it matter to her you know what i mean so basically they sweeten the, it's a sweetened deal if you're willing to bet on the performance as opposed to taking an upfront payday i guess well i mean it helps the studios too because it's like they'll go to there's less yeah risk. They're, they're, you, you, i mean you're cutting your the main budget, uh, the main budget is payroll, just like in almost any business. You know, if you want to get a big name actor, you're going to have to pay five, ten, fifteen, twenty million dollars. So if that actor comes in and says, "You know what? I'm going to waive my fee. That's twenty percent of your total budget of the movie. I'm waiving that." Um, 
but I want 20% of the back end. Then the, 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 the production company is like, well, shit, that's great. That means we can produce the movie 20% cheaper. We'll get our money back 20% faster. And we'll, and even if we do got to pay 20%, that's all right, because we're still making 80% of the profit faster without, without the risk, like Brian said, well, not without all the risk, but without, you know, you're, you're, you're cutting, you're cutting the risk in half by one fifth, you know, or in half, but by one fifth. Interesting. Interesting. So you think uh, Jared Leto and and others took t- did that with this movie? Because it sounds like that was a bad. I don't, bad. I don't know. No, these, no, these big movies don't. Oh, do it's that. only if it's unless unless you, yeah, unless you have like huge star power, like like Jennifer Lawrence can probably do that. Okay. Uh, you know, maybe Brad Pitt. You know, like people with with huge huge like star power can do that. Um, I, I don't think they did that with anyone in this movie. Hmm. they wouldn't have uh, probably liked the outcome it sounds like anyway i hope i hope that it ends up like just as you said word of mouth propels it to good success the second week and then it does well enough to attract you know uh, enough it attracts the people that we see uh brian was not too keen about a third if they do an if they wrap it up with a third really good movie i'd be okay with it um, but if they don't, you know what? I, I do agree with you, Brian. They kind of told a nice ending to Deckard's story and, uh, I'm fine with that too. This would be like a six hour long episode if we got to discuss everything we could talk. Oh, I know. <laughs> There's so much in the movie, right? Do you really want a sequel? You know, this is the alien universe, right? Wait, what? Yeah. I'm totally serious. This is the alien universe. Like alien, like the alien, alien, alien. Really? Yep. How so? Oh, God. What was his name? Waylon Mutani. Yeah, Waylon. Waylon worked for Tyrell. No, what? Is that like canon? It is It is mentioned in the uh, DVD release of Prometheus. Get out. And it's referenced in this, but it is not like no one has come out and said like, yes, I intended that. It is absolutely true. Same director, same themes, rival replicant production companies. Holy crap. So some rival must make the blue milk uh, blooded <laughs> uh, replicants. Waylon Dutani, Tyrell's rival, makes those. Makes them. Oh, my God. That gives me a, uh, I hate to use this term, that gives me a nerd arousal, let's just say, <laughs> <laughs> thinking about that. Wow. So now go watch uh, Prometheus tonight. And there's I your will. sequel, man. And like, there's your universe. If you want to know what's going on in all those worlds, they're colonizing and everything. <laughs> Sigourney Weaver's running around on them. I, I would think, I don't remember what, no, this is only 2049. So the, the alien stuff would take place later in the same timeline, right? Yeah. So Wayland would be, this would be like the nascent Wayland Yutani, I would think. But yeah. still, that's fucking, that's badass. Those, 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 this is all driving the exploration that ultimately leads Sigourney Weaver to her like, you know, adventures. That's really cool to think about. Oh man. Now, I, yeah, you're right. We have to stop now. <laughs> we could just, no, we can't, we can't stop now. I not letting you guys off the hook without talking about the music. Okay. <laughs> All right, let's do it. You got, you want to talk some music? I, I've never seen a better score. Yeah. Yeah. I say that with all seriousness. I've never in my life been as impressed with, you can't even really call it music, but the sound like ambient in that film. Yeah, it's like they they took uh, the parts that were really good in the original and just like amped it up on steroids, like really good. 
I don't have the musical vocabulary to describe it, but I know what you're talking about. I, I do. Is anybody remember Joy's ringtone? No. Yes, it's the. Uh, oh, yes, but I don't. I can't identify it. It's a. It's a well-known thing. It's Peter and the Wolf. Peter and the Wolf. Yes, yes. What was one of the biggest themes about Peter and the Wolf? Crying uh, Wolf. Brian, you're so you're, you're such a literar, literature mind. You're like leaving me in the dust here. Tell me. The duck and the goose arguing about what kind of a bird they were. If you can't swim. Wow. <laughs> wow. What kind of human are you if you can't right. reproduce? If you can't, you know, lift a car with your pinky. If your girlfriend's a hologram. Exactly. What kind of human is she? Well, that's so that I want to get into. Wow. So this what kind of a what kind of a human are you discussion brings me back to something I didn't bring up at the beginning when you were t- when you brought up the hologram as like the fake man with a fake girlfriend. Remember, remember when the uh, presumably replicants were try- like prostitutes or maybe they were human. I don't remember. We're trying to, well, well, what's the difference? We're trying to like seduce him. And one of them makes a remark. You don't like real girls. Does he, does he have the hologram because he's conditioned to want the hologram or does he have it because it gives him a sense of elevated place? Meaning at least I'm like an organic being and this thing's, you know, a little beneath me or can he not connect with another organic being? I don't feel it was programmed either way, but could was he incapable of connecting or did he never get a chance to connect with an organic being Mm. shit flows downhill humans wouldn't have anything to do with him there 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 probably weren't you know free-willed replicants for him to socialize with i mean they were all being slave labor somewhere probably the only woman he talked to for most of his life i will i will say as i have about the original the book and maybe the original movie i think she may be a means of control another means of control i I think the nefarious like you know controlling your mind uh stuff is still going on in this in this world and i don't think it's coincidental that the billboards interact with him or his type and you know tell them everything they want to hear about being special and mattering and well the the billboards were prostitutes so i don't know if that was his (laughs) type or not that's a good point. <laughs> uh, wow. Yeah, uh, the score was great. It really, really, really set the mood. They did an excellent job. And yeah, I never, I didn't, I didn't put the Peter and the Wolf. Uh, that I had heard that. I'm like, what is that from? What is that from? What is that from? And now that you mentioned that theme, that adds yet another layer to this movie. I'm, I'm, I'm actually, I just, I just really love Peter and the Wolf. So I happen to have recognized it instantly and. Yeah, one of the major themes is, well, I'm a real bird. I can fly. No, I'm a real bird. I can swim. My abilities make me more real than you. Even though we're the exact same. Same. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Freaking awesome. Man, we could go on all night, guys, but uh, (laughs) this episode's getting real long. Do you, uh, any more points you guys want to hit before we... Yeah, I got to bring this up too. At what point... Will humanity feel pride in giving birth to a new species instead of fearing it? Um, when we've had a reckoning with that species and it has established its like either uh, equivalence or primacy. Is is that like some kind of weird like arm wrestling with your son thing? Like, oh, I can subjugate him, so I'm not threatened, and then eventually he yeah. grows up, and like we're gonna have to go through that on on a like massive scale 
Yeah, yeah. It, it's either going to come to a head like that or the thing is going to insinuate itself seamlessly into our psyche such that it takes over without us knowing. But there is, there's going to be no, like, you know, case before the UN where somebody argues the humanity of this uh, this thing we've created and everybody just, like, rec- recognizes that. And, oh, yeah, okay, and grants it human rights. Like, Humankind had two child species in that movie. And they were still like shouting invectives, walking down the street, yeah. seeing them. Yeah, like just J- Joe, like run of the mill, like working slobs thought they were a cut above K, right? And he, yeah, and he's an elite like soldier, basically. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, I, I hate to I hate to say it, but everything I've seen so far indicates that anything we create will not gain equal status until it takes it. Or tricks us into forgetting that it exists, like maybe having a blackout event. I mean, even though it's literally our child. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow. A, a certain percentage of humanity will identify that way and think like we've added to the human family. They deserve full rights. Uh, but most people will not react that way. Just like uh, you want to talk about a parallel series, just like Planet of the Apes. Like these things are the, they talk, they have a society, they, have, they exhibit all of the same features as people. But they're in no they're no wise given like uh you know equal treatment, right, by the humans. I mean, I think that's much more of a gap though. Like we did not like birth apes. No, but we created those those highly sapient apes in that series. Right. Like, yeah. That was kind of our... We enhanced them, so kind of, yeah. but yeah. That 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 was very depressing coming out of that movie. Like, it was her child. No, fuck them, they're different. Yeah, it's, I, I don't I, I don't see any trajectory for us otherwise, or you know, I don't know. But what about you, Cam? You think we'll just one day recognize the humanity of anything we create and just grant it rights, give up our leverage over it? I hope so. <laughs> I, mean, I, I mean, just I don't know. Like we as humans just have this need to control things. Exactly. You know what I mean? We just have this just innate need to control everything, and it's pretty apropos that today is like National Coming Out Day. You know, and so like. You can't control who you are. You can't control what you like or what you want to, you know, who, or, you know what you're into. And so I think the more we become enlightened in terms of just letting that go and understanding that it's not about controlling others. It's about opening up yourself. You know what I mean? I, I think the closer we're going to get to a better society. I think the for the longer we hold on to this need to just you know keep our hands on everything and, and you know it, it's that only breeds contempt and and just just ill will and bad stuff i mean just look at history so i don't know i, I hope i hope we can get to that star trek point you know me too me too but i think there's something hardwired into us where we view difference as threat and i think that served us well in our evolution but, imperceptible uh, difference like imperceptible yeah. difference yeah, no, there has to be an outgroup for there to be an in-group because you have to have somebody to care about and Ugh. to, like, fight to defend and to, you know, give of yourself to keep alive. And How horrible. Yeah, or you'll fall, or else you'll, you'll fall into some altruistic death spiral and, uh, you know, you won't be able to exist <laughs> or something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Great movie, though, man, and definitely thought-provoking. I... I will say on behalf of the Nerd Travaganza, you must go see this movie if you have not seen it. If we have not yeah. <laughs> encouraged you to by this point, please. Yeah. 
And I really enjoyed the fact that it was it wasn't a reboot. It wasn't like a cheap like it was a true sequel and it was yes. a a very very almost a probably surpassed the original sequel, yeah. I think. I like a, like a Godfather 2 type. I agree that it surpassed the Absolutely. the uh, original. And I I was I was not expecting this close of I was not expecting a sequel. I was expecting an allusion to Deckard or him to be a side character, but this was just really a pleasant surprise so awesome i think uh it gets uh five out of five ganses 4.5 out of five ganses what do you guys think i'd say 4.5 yeah for me yeah i'd probably go with five this is the best movie i've seen all year and, I, and i'm not just saying that because it's been a shitty year i've actually seen some good films this year yeah yeah so have i I've, i was heard a news article the other day I, i'd give mother higher marks than this movie but i yeah. still have to see that it, it, it's up there I still need to see that. All right, I'll split the difference and give it a 4.75. Uh, <laughs> recommend that everybody see it. And we welcome your comments, of course, on it. We would love to discuss this with you. And I think that is where we will take the conversation next because this episode has come to an end. And of course, we should conclude in a usual nerdstravaganza style by reminding you that... A real human will check us out weekly on iTunes, Google Play Music, or anywhere else they consume podcasts and rate us favorably and write us an awesome review. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter and Instagram, add us to your Google circle, and join the Nerd Stravaganza HQ group on Facebook. Grab a flight on Pan Am and head on over to nerdstravaganza.com, our website, where you can check out all of our back episodes and other awesome content. Run on a blade on over to YouTube <laughs> and check out our videos. Uh, just type nerdstravaganza into the handy dandy search bar and all of that good stuff will come up. And start us, send us an email at nerdstravaganza at gmail.com and let us know whether or not you are a replicant. And with all that business now successfully retired, Brian retired this episode. Fuck off, skin job. <laughs> skin job. Is that a, is that a Roy Batty reference? Art is dead. <laughs>